Which is why I'd be a fool to reopen old wounds. An injudicious marriage is bad enough, but infidelity she would never forgive. You know what sticklers she and Albert are for moral propriety. Indeed, said Emma with contempt. But that's never discouraged you, has it? Are you sure there isn't another reason? Like the colour of his skin? He turned sharply. That has nothing to do with it. The boy's no darker than our good Mr Disraeli, and don't think I'm trying to shirk my responsibilities. As long as you keep quiet about his province, you'll receive an annuity of three thousand pounds, but it will cease on his eighteenth birthday, by which time I'll have arranged a commission for him in my old cavalry regiment. From then on, he's on his own. He'll have to live on his army pay. And what if I don't want him to become a soldier? How could you object? A more honourable profession does not exist. It's not the nature of the profession I'm concerned with, George, but the obvious truth that not everyone is suited to war. Surely you know that as well as anyone. I, he said indignantly. What exactly are you getting at? I did my duty in the Crimea and only came home on a medical certificate. Of course, but but what? She was about to mention the adverse reaction by the press to his early return, but thought better of it. After a pause, he continued. I've told you my terms. If you renege on them, I'll stop the annuity and still deny he's my son. But I'm prepared to offer an additional inducement. If you allow him to enter the army and he achieves certain goals by a certain age, then he'll receive from my solicitor a series of substantial payments. What goals? I have yet to decide. But all will be revealed on his eighteenth birthday. Looking down at her baby, she said in a low voice, So, that's your plan? To blackmail your son into becoming a successful soldier? Why him? Why not your other sons? Thus far, my elder sons have shown little aptitude for the military. I don't know why. Maybe I've indulged them. But the truth is, they're far more interested in drinking and gambling than taking their profession seriously. In short, they lack ambition like a lot of young men today. He won't. Life in the army will toughen him up and give him something to work for. She snorted and shook her head. I don't think you've thought about this enough. George is the bastard son of a half-breed actress. He wouldn't survive five minutes in the army. I never said it would be easy. That's part of the challenge. But to make life simpler, I suggest you tell him he's of Maltese blood and that his father died when he was an infant. She shook her head. No, I'm sorry. I can't do that. He stared at her coldly for a while, nodded at the child in her arms, and said, You can, and you will, for his sake, if not your own. Your time on the stage is limited. Your beauty will fade. Then how will you provide for your son? I can do that, but my identity must remain a secret even to him. She turned away to hide her tears. When she turned back, he'd gone. Chapter One Harrow School, Michaelmas Term, 1873 Hart, you lazy bastard! Where the devil are you? came a cry from outside the dormitory. George flinched at the sound of his tormentor's voice and continued buffing the large black shoe in his hand. He had been working on it for a good ten minutes, and the result was a shine so clear he could see his reflection in it. 
Yet he knew from experience that his fagmaster, Percy Sykes, would find fault with the smallest blemish. Hart! The call was angry now. You've got twenty seconds to produce my shoes. I'm counting. A last vigorous rub and George was done. He grabbed the shoe's twin from the floor and hurtled out of the dormitory, along the corridor, up a flight of stairs, and came to a halt in front of Sykes's study. The door was open. Twenty-two seconds,' said Sykes, pocket-watch in hand. He was sitting in an armchair, and, apart from his stockinged feet, was immaculately turned out in his Sunday best of top hat and tails. "'Shame! Shoes, please!' George handed over the gleaming footwear. "'Not bad. Not bad at all.' said Sykes, turning them over. We'll make a valet of you yet, but I can't abide lateness. Report to the gym after lunch for your punishment. George knew the gym meant another beating. He had had enough.